Blog Talk Radio. Like what's up? What's up? I reached in no fleek. I do it nice. Seven days a week. Like oh my, oh my, oh my God. I don't do nothing for free. You know I gotta charge. When I'm done, they be like, you better, you better, you better. When that check come, I be like, you better, you better. I'm party excited. My ice retarded. I walk. Kids 
um, and their personal life. But now that we're here, we're going to figure it out today. Now, I want to be clear and fair to our guests as well, since you're waiting on her to call in. I want to be clear and fair. The number to call in for questions. You can also call in as questions um, of her and all. But I'm going to ask that you are really respectful. Be mindful that this is, this is somebody's real life that we're talking about. This isn't just, you know, for shits and giggles all the way. You know, we're going to get to the bottom of some of the drama, but I do want y'all to make sure that you are being respectful. If not, unfortunately, I will have to help out and, you know, disconnect a few lines. But the line to call in is 657-383-197. Um, if you do have a question or would like to say something, you can push one to let me know, and I will bring you through so we can have a little chit-chat. But ultimately today, um, I did a whole lot of homework on all of everything before tonight because I wanted to be very clear and make sure we didn't cross any lines. But the bigger reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I myself also deal with or dealt with some degree of issues with my mother. And I feel like there's a lot of people on my timeline that also has stress that they have. You can see it every day. You see it in the post. You see it in, you know, the stuff that people go through on a day-to-day basis, you know, all of that. And it's just crazy that, you know, somebody finally decided to do something about it. We always hear um, stories about issues with daughters between their fathers and, you know, boys and their fathers, but we never really talk about the issues that come up between moms and their daughters. So today is kind of like we're going to address both things. We're going to talk about her book and her way of dealing with, you know, the stuff that's going on with her and her mom, but we're also going to talk about, you know, some of the stuff that we personally go through because it's something that needs to be talked about, you know. Um, but I'm going give to give it a few moments, get to my guests really quick. We're going to take a brief break and with this busy bone song. I don't know if y'all are old enough to understand, but we're gonna take a refresh. We will be right back. Come on. When a nigga 
touchdown, not a homie showing love. I'm the man in my state. We smoke, roll it up, land at the heartless. We saw shit, a little bit of green, that's a little bit of weed. No business gotta be swollen, my nigga. So that this fucking statement, and I love it. We them ancient killers. I'm a fucking genius, bitches on my penis. Only I'm the cleanest of meanest. You a lame nigga, can't back. Loud pack, I thought homies really on that. I got the juice in the made when you drink that. Pussy nigga, I ain't never seen you shoot that. On the trap, niggas gon' have moved that. The women never when I talk about the guinea cat. And did you listen, motherfucker, did you get that? What you know about that? Fuck that, motherfuckers better know that. She wasn't willing to acknowledge 
some of the things that had happened and she can't really talk or deal deal with it. And I can understand that because, I mean, what kind of a conversation can you really have with the person if they're not willing to acknowledge what you're saying? I just had a similar conversation um, with somebody that I really care about. And the thing about it is you have to be able to acknowledge where another person stands, uh, where they are, what they're going through. And, you know, you don't have to agree with it, but you have to, you know, make an effort to hear their side. Now, I do see that we have another caller. I'm not sure if this is Takari. If it is, honey, go ahead and push one so I know it's you, and I'm going to go ahead and bring you through. If so, I just got butterflies. If you are just listening in, this is <laughs> Taylor Doll on Fabric Radio. And I believe that's our guest. So we'll go ahead and bring this person through. Tyler, it is 8647. You are on air with Taylor Doll. What's up? Hi, I'm not sure. This is Takari. <laughs> Takari, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you today, hon? I'm doing good. How are you? I am so awesome today. I got up and did my makeup and everything just for you. Me too. I'm not even going to lie. I did my makeup <laughs> and everything, and I don't do that often. <laughs> Well, I'm going to snap it up, and I'm going to send you pictures after this. But thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, I have to say first because it's extremely important for me to go ahead and give you your kudos, congratulations on the book. That's huge. (laughs) Thank you. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. I I know how hard it is, especially me. I'm in the process of writing my own story. And to actually put the pen to paper and get it done, I know what type of work that takes so I I can understand. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's work. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to go ahead and get right on into it. Um. And this is the thing, for everybody that's listening and for you too, Sakari, this is going to be a little bit different than the interview that you've seen before. I know lately, even when it comes to, I'm one of those people that like to um, make sure we highlight the individual. Now, the the main issue of today's today's interview is just about you and your book. However, I know there's some questions we're going to ask because it's important to understand. But I do want to ask first, what inspired you to go ahead and write your story? I'll ask that first. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always wanted to put my story on paper um, to be able to share it. And just, you know, I've put my, my, all my collective thoughts in one place. So um, I've always had a desire to do it. The timing right now and just the way everything kind of works out, it, it all just kind of took care of itself, you know. But um, my inspiration definitely now, because I want to help, I want somebody else who's gone through something that's maybe not be, you know, ideal or positive, to understand that negativity does not have to, you know, end in negativity. We can still be positive. We can still come out better versus bitter. And that's what I'm hoping is what's going to be, you know, conceived from the book. When everyone reads it, they'll see growth versus, you know, anything else. That's my main goal. 
did. And I got the first part. And when I say that's exactly what I got, you know, sometimes when you read a what they're calling your book is a tell-all. I don't see it as a tell-all. I see it as your story, exactly. your experience in life. Am I right? Right. Right. That is 100% correct. <laughs> so it's your overall experience, not necessarily a tell-all. And because of that, I mean, it, it, the purpose and the way that you wrote it really did speak to any person that can identify with anything that you've gone through. And I could appreciate that. Well, good. I'm glad that was my goal. You know, um, I there are obviously people that's against the book or whatnot, but I, I couldn't let them stop me, you know. But I could still do what I wanted to do in a respectful manner, and that's how I I went about it. Absolutely, and you did a great job with it. And one of the things that I I really liked is you've done a great job at separating yourself from. Um, basketball wise, the entity itself. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people would seem to assume that you should you should sit in the limelight like your mom. But I think I like the way that you're right. approaching it. I like the way that you're approaching it because it creates a lane for yourself. But there's one thing that I wanted to ask about um, that I actually ran across this morning. I just recently rewatched the interview with Jackie um, and the Breakfast Club. And mm-hmm. at some point in the interview, there was a comment made um, basically saying that you were bipolar or depressed. And the way I took it was kind of like, you know, if you're bipolar or you're depressed, then, you know, you can't really be telling the truth about your experience in life. Um, did you want right. to address that? Yeah, so um, that's, it's like an excuse type thing. Uh, It's not a very good one, in my opinion, just when I say that, saying that someone that's bipolar or depressed um, can't be truthful or something about their story or whatnot, or that they're going to do something wrong or slander somebody if they decide to say whatever they have to say, that's kind of what that is to me. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily say, you know, I or depressed, there's never been a clinical diagnosis, and I've been going to the doctor my whole life. So I don't take it offensive. Um, To me, it's a joke. I kind of look at my mom. She doesn't understand the book. She's assuming. So any reaction that she's having is based off of an assumption. Um, So I just look at it as, you know, somebody that's backed in the corner. You know, something is going on that she doesn't want to happen, and she's just shooting darts as fast as she can to try to stop it in a way. How does that make you feel? Because I, I know I went, I've gone through some stuff with my own mom, but and it was, it was kind of hard to deal with certain things happening. So how does, how does hearing things like that make you feel? Luckily, I've been dealing with it for so long. You know, like a lot of people that are just kind of learning about our story, and uh, you know, that's just kind of start tuning in. They're kind of like, you know, oh, this is crazy. Wow, what you know. I've been dealing with this for 28 years. Um, this is nothing new. Like, there's nothing new going on. I, I can't say I'm surprised to an extent, but not really. I, I, I will say that. You know, like I said, I don't take offense because I know it's a reaction. You know, and I know how I know how my mother is. So, um, I laugh I, when I heard it. When they, you know, I hadn't heard her interview prior to me calling in, but when they told me that was said and stuff like that, I just I laugh. I mean, I guess. You know what? It took me a long time to get to that point. <laughs> so, <laughs> how long? Do you think, how 
you could just, you know what, that's my mom, and, you know, it is right. what it is. Like, how long does it take you to get to that point? Um, I, I would say I was probably 25, you know, and I kind of just started telling myself I have to stop letting it affect me so negatively, like, you know, to where it's making me emotional when I think about it and stuff, you know. You see what you can do for yourself. You know that you're your own person. And in all honesty, you're going to be okay without these people in your life. You just think they have to be here because, you know, they're supposed to be. Um, so just telling myself that then. Obviously, uh, when my son got hurt uh, last year, I was I thought I was like, you know, oh, I'm I'm good on that. I don't care how nobody, you know. But it definitely it kind of pulled a string at my heart, you know, um, just to kind of see no response and what whatever. It just was kind of like, I'm glad that I separated myself from the situation because it, it would have made that so much worse. Right. One of our viewers asked the question, Arlena and mm-hmm. Dallas asked, um, did you keep your mom away from your son? Is it your son that was hurt? I would never. I wouldn't keep anybody from my son. I mean, you know, like, and when I say anybody, anybody that's supposed to be a part of their life, you know, Um I don't consider me and my mom to be beefing. Like, at this point, we might be, I guess, because I wrote a book. But um, before, you know, there's no beef. There's no anger. There's not, you know, I don't have anything against her. I'm waiting for her to accept me. So I wouldn't go through the extent of, no, you can't see my child. Like, I mean, I have offered to take them. We will fly to wherever you are right now. We will stay at a hotel and, you know, see you as you drive past. Like, you know, whatever you can offer. But. If not accepted, and that's all I can do is offer, you know. Right. Someone else asked, "How's your relationship with Doug?" Um, I wouldn't really say I have one. I haven't spoken to Doug in many years, but I don't hold any any fault or any grudge towards Doug. Um, like I I don't hold any fault towards anyone. Like you know, uh, this book isn't wrote because I'm trying to tell on somebody or whatnot. So. I have a good relationship with all of them. On my end, I am an open, receptive person. If you want to come talk to me and we want to work on what we have going on, let's do that. But if not, I'm definitely not going to chase or harass or beg or plead or, you know, I I have a life I have to live too and kids that I need to tend to and share my love with. And they you you know what? The one thing I was surprised about before we go forward, the one thing I was surprised about, I checked out your page and stuff before I interviewed you, mm-hmm. and you are one of the most, oh, the only word I can think of is lifelike. You know, you are like a <laughs> real person. You know, you see some people that have some kind of ties to reality TV. They kind of get wrapped up in it, too. But you are so approachable. Yeah. You are so <laughs> Yeah, I'm me. But I did want to ask, though, since you put out a book, I thought, I know I heard at some point um, your mom had a publishing company. Is that right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, I think I read at some point. Um, was she ever going to help you put out your book, or did, is that something that may have caused some of the tension recently? Um, so I had released a while ago some text that so like back in like 2010 I believe um I approached my mom you know I told her you know everybody has everybody has their stuff going on and whatnot you know you guys have a publishing company and I a while back you told me you would help me with my book I don't know if you remember but if so can, you know what can we get started 
And immediately that was met with claims of slander and extortion. So, that uh, you know, that went out the door. It was never a possibility, you know. Uh, she doesn't want me to share the story for whatever the reason. I don't know. But um, I definitely rushed out to my mother before anybody to help me with, you know, getting the book out and publishing and all that kind of stuff. So I went about learning the whole process by myself. And I go along the way that have experienced, one of them being Evelyn or whatnot, in this field already, you know, to try to give me some advice or direction, you know. But my goal was to help do it with my mother, you know, used from start to finish, but it didn't happen like that. Well, I didn't want to ask, though, because the the title of the book was fairly interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about where did you come up with the title? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had to do something meaningful. I couldn't just, you know, have any title. You know, it could have just been the Takari Lee story or whatever, you know, but I wanted it to make a sense, you know, what this book is about, uh, what I'm doing. Um, what I'm doing is rebuilding myself. I'm opening a door, and not only just necessarily the people that don't know me, to people that do know me. You know, um, I think this is going to be an introduction even to my mother of who I am because we don't, we're not even close enough to really know each other. You know, you're going to get to see a different side of me, and that's what I wanted the book to pretty much be. I'm I'm taking this feeling that I felt my whole life, like I'm a shadow. I, you know, I don't think people can remember me. You know, I go to high school with you. I see you out. I'm going to know who you are. I'm, oh, I remember that girl from such and such, but I don't expect people to remember me. So I've always kind of been right. a shadow, you know. And my thing was, you know, I'm putting lights to that. I want to put a shine of light on this shadow and show who this person is and who knows who it might help or who might can relate to that person. Right. You did that. And, you know, I'm a crybaby, so I got through the first two, three pages. I sent you an email after I finished, like, the first couple of parts. I was like, you know, uh, I can't today. You know, she kind of lights in my life. But when I say that's what I got from it, I didn't – what I gathered from, you know, going back and doing the homework and checking you out, watching your mom, watching the show, you really seem to – honestly love your mom but it just seems like it comes to a point where you have to do you you did what was best for you at the moment mm-hmm. yeah I definitely did I'm I'm thinking about myself this relationship has been this relationship like I said for 28 years and even though people are that's your mom you only get one how could you do this it's nothing like that you know um and whether I wrote this book or not where we are today is exactly where we would be at Period. Like I don't, I don't. That with my book being wrote, anything different. They don't communicate. I mean, like we don't communicate very well or often with each other. So the fact that we're not speaking or something right now, it, it doesn't feel like it's off or anything, you know. Um, I've, like I said, wanted. I've suppressed this desire for many years, trying to plead other people, you know. Uh, obviously, there were claims, like I said, of extortion, extortion and slander and all that stuff, which kind of kept me away from, you know, a while. But I did kind of think, well, once you write the book or whatever, you probably will have to sever that relationship for good or whatnot. You know, you're going to have to deal with however they react to it. And I had to get to a mental place of acceptance before I could move forward with it. Right. I wanted to ask you your opinion about something because I kind of wanted to talk about it on this show, too. Do you think mm-hmm. overall, um, earlier today, I did a 2 o'clock show, too, and I was talking about how 
Um, you a lot of a lot of the times you hear issues with daughters and between daughters and their fathers, or you know fathers and their sons, but we never really talk about mm-hmm. issues between mom and daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted to ask you: Do you think there's a lot more of I would say us because I fall into that too. A lot more people like us, but they they grow to deal with it in all sorts of other destructive kind of ways. That kind of was a discussion that we mm-hmm. were having earlier, but I think we decided to, you know, deal with it in destructive ways, but you chose your writing as, you know, a constructive way to deal with it. Right, right. That was my thing. Um, I have some family members that's kind of gone through their own thing in life, you know, and um, they, like you said, they choose to use that energy in a destructive manner, you know. Their emotions have so much control over them that they're not even considering themselves anymore, you know. It's just all about, um, you know, this bitterness that's taking them over. And I I would say I got close to it, you know, um, just being angry and stressed out all the time and stuff like that. But veering off and making that decision to just, I want to be happy. Like, you know, I wrote it down one day. I had a short-term and a long-term list. And literally on there, I remember writing, I wanted to write my book on my long-term one, and I wanted to be happy. Um, and I decided that day, I'm going to start whatever I can do. You know, I don't care where I have to start out. I don't care how low I have to, you know, go as far as me and my kids will go sleep on someone's floor and do what we have to do because we're going to build ourselves up the right way so nobody, you know, has control over my happiness or our livelihood or anything. And it took that time, you know, like I had to invest that time, but it could happen, you know. I, I see so many people, I'm like, man, do you know how many opportunities you could have? Or, you know, like, you don't have this, you got this going on. But like you said, some people choose to use it in a destructive manner, unfortunately. Right. Someone asked, um, how's your relationship with your siblings been since all of this has unfolded? Um, I haven't really spoken to them. Uh, my my honest to God feeling about that is uh, that's pretty a pretty bad predicament to be in. You know, uh, they can go along with a lie and deny what I'm saying, or they would have to go ahead and agree, which would you know go against my mother. And so you know, I don't want them to feel like they need to do any of that. You know, my story enough and alone, and everything else that's happened has. Uh, my sister a few years ago, she did a recording with the Basketball Wives show. I mean, and even though she, at some point she did come out and say, you know, I feel like I shouldn't have did it or I, what, what not, you know. It was already done. The truth was already put out there before, you know. So I don't necessarily ask them to take a place in this. I don't really talk to them about it. And we all are already distanced, so I'm not going to add anything else to that, you know. Right. I understand. Has it always, as far as the distance between you and your siblings, has it always been that way? Uh, yeah, it has. My little brother, I moved away from home at, like, 15. He was probably two or three years old. So he, he'll he never know. Like, that little boy was my, that was, like, my first child. You know, he was such a light in a dark place in my life. And I left when he was, like I said, two or three. So he'll never know the closeness that we shared at one point, you know. Um, he hasn't really been around me in all these years. He's 16, so in the last 12, 14 years, he really hasn't been around me that much. You know, I almost can count him on our hand, one hand how many times we've been around each other. Me and my sister, um, 
we're both Jackie Shout, you know. So we uh, we have uh, our personalities, you know, and we get along. Me and my sister have definitely spent a lot more time, you know. She's even lived up in Washington for a little while, but um, we're just different. My personality, I'm more of a homebody. I like being at home, domesticated, taking care of family, doing that kind of stuff. And uh, at, at that time, Chantel was younger, you know, and she was living her life and doing what she wanted to do. So we'd catch each other when we could. But there's no beef. Like I said, I don't have any animosity or bad feelings towards anybody. That's good. Well, I did want yeah. to take a brief break. I have a bunch of questions from some people. So I'm going to get those together. We're going to take one song okay. break, and we'll be right. Um, if you guys are listening in and you have questions for our guests, make sure you call 657-383-1917 and push one, and we'll make sure we go ahead and get you on air so you can ask the cards some questions. The cards stick around. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Of course, it would only be right if I played me some Cardi. Peace, Bodex Yellow. We'll be right back. Say, little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the score, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose, and I'm quick. Cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money move. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now, speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves. Now she say, she gon' do what or who? Let's find out the see. Cardi B, you know where I'm at, you know where I be. You in the club, just to party, I'm there, I get paid a fee. I be in and out them bench so much, I know they tired of me. Honestly, don't give a fuck about who in front of me. Drop two mixtapes in six months, what bitch working as hard as me? I don't bother with these hoes, don't let these hoes bother me. They see pictures, they say ghosts, bitch, I'm who they tryna be. Look, I might just chill in some babe, I might just chill with your boo, I might just fill on your babe. My pussy feel like a lake, he wanna swim with his face. I'm like, okay, I let him get what he want, he buy me Issa Laurent, and then you rip, when it go back to the horse, I got the trunk. I'm the hottest in the street. No, you probably heard of me. Got a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you hoes know it ain't cheap. And I pay my mama bills. I ain't got no time to chill. Think these hoes be mad at me. They baby father wanna build. Say, little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose. And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money move. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now, speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves. You a pussy, you get popped. You a goofy, you a up. Bitch, you come around my way. You can't hang around my block. Hey, all right, all right, we are back, and y'all are listening in to another exclusive episode of Fashion Radio with Taylor Doll, and I am joined by my special guest, Miss Katari Christie Lee. I have a question. I wanted to ask you, I know this, that your name is, um, she carry both the Christie and Lee name. 
So um, that to be explained for a, for a period with my parents um, in the same home. I went to school under the last name Christie for a while. Um, like I, when I was signed stuff, I got used to using that last name. But when I turned 16 and you go to DMV, they go off of the certificate and whatnot. And so at that point, I had to start using my last name, Lee. So I kind of go back and forth just because there's some people that know me as Christy and some people that know me as Lee. Okay. Well, I do want to ask, too, because someone asked, do you think, um, as far as Evelyn is concerned in this whole ordeal, you know, for for me, I was upset that the whole season turned out to be, you know, about everybody's opinions of, you know, it's truth not concerning the relationship with you and your mom, but Somebody wanted to know, do you believe that Evelyn genuinely gave that money or was it some other some hidden agenda behind that? Evelyn had a, a hidden agenda. I'd have to say the other 400 people that donated had a hidden agenda. Um, I don't know the extent of what Evelyn and, and Jackie knew about each other at that time, but when uh, Jackson's accident happened, they were just, you know, the season that Evelyn was in, you know, before the lab, the season right. five or whatever. So um, I don't know, you know, like obviously I don't have, I wasn't dealing with any of the behind the scenes stuff. So I don't know if Jackie and Evelyn had already met each other or whatnot, but um, my accident was quite some time you know, before anything even happened or went down with basketball wise. So I never even put the two and two together. Um, in all honesty, I, I found out that Doug was like on broadcasting for the Kings or something. And I think at that time, Matt Barnes played for them or something, you know, so I had put that two, two and two together, you know, like, you know, maybe there's some right. connection there, but never Evelyn, you know. <laughs> and these Personal story, and if I I feel like just part of my accepting is letting it be known to the whole world. 
uh, as part of my getting over it or whatnot, then I'll do that. I don't feel like I've gotten to a point of um, forgiveness in the situation and acceptance of it. I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel like anything I'm sharing is too personal or anything like that. You know, I'm a human being. We all are human, and we are all going to make mistakes. So, I mean, we are all trained to think we need to be perfect or whatnot. I'm not perfect. There's nothing about me that is. Um, my story that's brought me to the point where I am today is not perfect, and I'm okay, I'm okay with sharing that. You know, it's my testimony. It's the things I went through to get to where I'm at today so that I can handle the stuff I handled today. So I'm proud of it, and I hope that, you know, it'll lead other people to feel the same way. You know, whatever you've gone through, good, bad, you know, you know, some people's story are not going to be as dramatic as the next person's story, but still, it's your testimony. Right. Ooh, and, and are you going to do a part two to this book? I am. I definitely will. I'll have the um, the book that'll kind of, it's going to be my triumph. You know, everything after all this, I've told you what I've gone through, but this is what it all came. This is the outcome, you know. This is what I decided to use my energy for and become because of that. You know, you read all that in the first book, you got all the bad out, but it's so much different, you know, uh, once you start making choices for yourself and cutting people and just, you know, accept makes a difference in your life, you know, so it'll be following this book. I'm hoping sometime next year to get that one out for you guys. Awesome. I can't wait. Listen, I'm upset now that I don't have the whole book. Um, I can't wait until you actually release it and we can purchase it. Can you let everybody know exactly when we're going to be releasing the book and how they can go about purchasing it? Yeah, so right now we have August 31st as the release date. That's definitely going to be the date for anybody that has pre-ordered the book. You'll definitely receive it then. Um, if you pre-ordered like a soft copy or whatnot, it'll mail out on that day. So, um Anybody else, like, once, once we're trying to decide right now, because we did have people do the pre-order or whatnot, there's extra perks and stuff that came with the pre-order stuff, but, uh, but sorry about that. My son is talking to me. It's okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, they just ran up to me with this news, but, um, anyways. So uh, the book, the ebook will be on Amazon, but it'll also be, you'll go to my website and still order it or whatnot. August 31st, I, I can't wait. I, I just, I want everybody to have the story, the whole story now. You know, they've heard bits and pieces and whatnot, but I'm ready for them to have the whole thing. And last but not least, before we get up out of here, um, I wanted to know from you. I know I got a snippet of what you would actually say to people, but for someone um, younger or to your younger self, what would you tell her? It's dealing with this whole thing between you and your mom, what would you tell your younger self or a young woman that's dealing with something similar? Keep pushing. Um, just try, oh, my goodness, just keep pushing. Don't give up because if you give up, you're never going to make it to those moments that you dream about, you know. Keep pushing. You can do it. I don't care what it is. If it's simply I just want to be happy, you know, and that's all I have ever wanted, you know, just to be happy. You got to keep pushing. It, it can happen. It's going to happen. Just keep pushing. Don't put nothing before you. Don't expect it to come from nobody else. It's coming from you. Like Mariah Carey said in Hero, that hero is laying in you. Right. I'm so proud of you. I wish you could see the little smile on my face. I'm so proud of you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell oh, you why. I'm so you. because that's 
hard to deal with. I was talking to another friend about, I've been so excited about this interview for like two weeks, and it had nothing to do with, you know, as you can see, highlighting your mom, but you and your story, and it's because so many people can identify with it. I personally can identify with it. One of the hardest things for you to do is to make a decision to not let it affect you anymore. You have to get to a point where you're comfortable and you say, this is how I'm going to deal with it and take what comes with it, and you did it. So I'm so proud of you for that because media can eat you up sometimes, you know, and I think you've you've handled it so well. Yeah, I didn't hear the last part there. And you've just handled the entire situation so well. As far as, you know, media can can chew you up and spit you out, you know, even when you know what, you yeah. know, your is. But I think you've done a great job in in maintaining your poise in the entire situation. And I think the book is going to speak for itself. I, I know personally a lot I of people are waiting. And That's I my thing I right there. I, I was hoping that it'll speak for itself 100%, like you said. And there's been times in this process where I've gotten down or, you know, I've actually let negative energy in, you know, some of the negative things that have been said to me or things like that, you know, about me. Um, just reminding myself what my purpose is, my intentions. I know if don't no one else in this world understands why or what my intentions are, um, that there's no ill intent, the Lord knows. And he's been running this show the whole time, so I just, I go off my gut. You know, sometimes I feel like I need to respond. Sometimes I just, you know, there's no point, you know. So it's definitely hey. taking its toll, but I think it's helped in a lot. Like, for one thing, it's shown me a lot of what I've gone through over the years has helped build me up for this moment. Right. And you are very right. And I want to make sure everybody caught your website and your social media also. Um, so can you tell them your website and how they can follow you on IG or Facebook or both? Takari L. Christie, uh, dot com, And you can find me on Instagram, Takari underscore uh, Lee. Um, I don't really use Facebook much, but you can find me on there as well. It's under both of my last names, Takari Christie Lee. Um, but I'm I'm most active on Instagram. Awesome. And shout out to your manager too. She is so sweet. I just had to say that. She is uh, so awesome. Well thank you. Thank you very much. She is definitely she's been on the team for a long time and she's my writer. I really appreciate everything she does. She's a hard worker, too, so shout-out to her. And I thank you so much for letting us borrow you. I know you got to get back to the baby, so thank you so much. And you keep it going. I can't wait to check out book number two. You got to come back. Most definitely I will. Thank you guys so much for having me. No problem. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, you guys, you have had a chance to get her side of everything. So, what I have gathered, don't pay that no attention, (laughs) what I have gathered is just like always, there's always uh, your side, their side, and the truth. And the reason I wanted to do the interview wasn't to make the mom look bad. It wasn't to make the daughter look bad. I know we all have questions and we all want to understand, but in all truth, that's somebody's real life. 
And from the first 23 pages of the book that I personally have read myself, I don't see that this young lady is trying to do anything malicious when it comes to her mom. Um, I personally have gone through things. There's a few people that I wanted to make sure that caught the show tonight that has gone through some stuff as well. And, you know, their testimonies, my stories, their stories are all examples of similar issues. You know, like she said, everybody's issues may not be as dramatic, but we all go through something. And some of us deal with a greater degree of things when it comes to our parents, but our choices and how we decide to deal with them are what sets us apart. She's chosen to take her experiences and write them down, collect them, and put them in a book. You can make a decision today if you are a music artist and decide to put your hurt, your story into your music. People, although mumbo-jumbo right now is something that sells, it's also a theme for people who like to follow music and stories of people that have actually gone through and done something. It's nothing wrong with supporting somebody for wanting to do something therapeutic for themselves. It's nothing wrong with, just like Jackie decides to go, and do basketball wives on TV to do reality TV, and she said that that was something that she was called to do. Her daughter decided to write her story. Um, from what I can see, and I've seen in social media, checking out all my homework, uh, Miss Dakari has done her homework. She has her receipts to back up her side of the story, and sometimes the truth hurts. The thing about parents is you got to understand that no matter – you know, where life takes us, your kids are your kids, and your experiences are your experiences. Um, one day, they just going to circle themselves back around to you. You can't sweat a dress when you can, when you can because when it blows up, it's never pretty. It's sad, though, to see that a mom, a black mom and a black girl, her daughter, can't seem to, you know, come together. When you have a situation where a mom and a daughter are bringing lawyers and, you know, paperwork into a situation, it's never good. But we need to understand that some people go through this, you know. Although some people may think that she's being dramatic and putting her story out that way, some people go through these things. Some people go through talking to their mom and say, fuck you, on a daily basis. And, you know, they wish they'd die and, you know, make light of their health issues and all sorts of stuff. This is a young lady who I found out today has, you know, a hearing loss disorder. And, you know, this is something that your mom will be aware of. So put yourself in the shoes of a person who has dealt with this for 27, 25, 26, 27 years of their life. They have three children. Your mom has never met them. You know, I know we want to say that we don't understand and we don't know the side of Jackie, but, you know, we often forget about the kids. And then later we say, hey, the kids are crazy. Let's think about the things that we are putting our kids through to make them that way. You know, make sure, y'all, I'm going to drop in the comments after I end the video how you can go check out her book um, and go back and listen to the interview. I really do thank y'all for listening in. It was so important for um, for us to do this interview because I saw so much when doing the homework. Like, I never would have thought that a mom could say so, so much. And it's not even the fact that they are beefing or that, that there's an issue between them. I'll say that because she said they're not beefing. But there's an issue between them. It is just so sad that they can't even have a conversation. Because you imagine that if you're a person that talks to your mom every day, can you imagine not being able to talk to her every day? That's just something to think about. 
Um, but it's also something to think about if you are a parent that you need to be a lot more aware of, you know, the interactions between you and your kids and the stuff that you say to them, the stuff that you don't say to them, the the love that you show and the love that you don't show, the abuse that you things that you do that, that you may not even consider abuse, but there is a such thing as verbal, mental, and emotional abuse. Um, all things we're going to talk about next month in light of mental health illness month, um, talking about depression, bipolarism, and a lot of other things. But I really, really, really appreciate y'all for listening in. And the one thing I want you to take away from this is your experience is your experience. Um, but you have to find a constructive way to deal with it. Her, Takari's way, was to write her story in words on black and white, put a title to it, and help another person. What would you decide to do today if you were given the opportunity to tell your story? Would it be a movie? Would it be a book? Would it be a CD? Would it be, I don't know, short story? What would you do? Instead of complaining about it, crying about it, can't be victims forever, so we got to do something. And light of our mamas, I'm feeling Tupac like. We're going to get on about it here tomorrow. I got Queen Paradise coming through the booth with myself, Taylor Doll. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Oops, excuse me, I forgot. We're getting early. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, me and Queen Paradise are going to be diving right on into her music. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Oh, excuse me. Before we do this, I am so losing my head. For anybody that's in the state of Texas, I am sending my uh, heart out to you. If you are, um, there's a few groups on Facebook that I'm in that is putting some stuff together to go, to go and help the people in Houston. If you want to be added to the group, go ahead and comment, add me to group or add me um, in my comments so I know to add you to the group uh, because there are a bunch of people that's going to be going out there to go help them. Um, if you are in Houston, I'm sending my prayers your way and much love. Um, if you can help by all please go and help them. Um, it, it just doesn't look right. And I know we got rain heading this way as well, so if you're out on the roads, you're going out to help, Lord, please be safe. Be safe, be careful. Love, live light. I'm going to play some Tupac, dear mama. Thank y'all so much for listening in to FAPM Radio. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. When I was pregnant in jail, I thought I was going to have a baby and the baby would never be with me, but I was acquitted a month and three days before Tupac was born. I was real happy because I had a son. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place Suspended from school, scared to go home I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules Said tears with my baby sister Over the years, we was poor than us, a little kid And even though we had different daddies The same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama I reminisce on the stress I caused It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell in elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police, that's right, mama catch me for the whooping to my backside, and even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama, I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man, you always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare, tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Dear Mama. Please, no one 
dollars, it was fair. No love for my daddy, cause the coward wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry. Cause my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger. They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless. But all along I was looking for a father, he was gone. I hung around with the thugs, and even though they sold drugs, they showed a young brother love. I moved out, started really hanging. I needed money of my own, so I started slanging. I ain't guilty, cause even though I sell rocks, it feels good putting money in your mailbox. I love paying rent when the rent's due. I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you. Cause when I was slow, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate You're just working with the scraps you was given And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone you're Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand you all appreciate it. Don't you know that love you And dear mama. Don't you know that love you Don't you know that love you Cause through the drama I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me 